This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. It's another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast. I'm Danielle, like um, usual. I'm Jamie, as always. And she's so miserable. Guess why? Jamie has a kidney stone. Poor kidney stone. I think it's my body just being absolutely exhausted from all this wedding stuff, like the bachelorette mm. parties and everything yeah. else. And my body's like, you need to slow down. So here is a kidney stone or two. <laughs> Let's just put a wrench in your plans. But we had a really good time at the bachelorette party this Saturday. Yes, we did. We had our bachelorette party for our friend Sharon. Sharon is marrying Wes at the end of the month. Yes. And could I just tell you, Danielle kicks ass for her first time in an escape room. Like, she I was walking around, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's but happening. Then when she, I don't know what's happening. That's the thing with them, though, <laughs> you walk in and you, you're like, you don't even know where to start. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, bam, okay, we're into this now. And now I know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, we did. So we did this escape room. But then it was like, We saved Santa, y'all. We did see. We did. We saved Santa. But uh, actually, at the end, when we won, I was like, I don't really even realize how we just won. I feel like we missed stuff. Or so, it was just so weird. I'm like, okay, well, I did that. And then Bruce is like, well, do you think you want to do it again? Like, thinking of, like, date night ideas. I was like, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm fine. No, thank- no, no, no. Yeah, Lori and I were talking about, <laughs> Lori no, and I were talking about maybe taking Morgan to wine. Yeah, that would be fun. To take the kids to, yes. On a date night, no. Yeah, I don't so, think so. Kids would be fun. Yeah, it was a good time. And then we ate our weight in Steak. Oh, we oh went to this God. Brazilian steakhouse. I have not been there yet. I would tell you the name of it, but we can't pronounce it. Yeah, it's Chicaraca. Yeah, I don't even know what it's called, but it's in Newark. It's in the Newark Shopping Center. If anybody's ever in Delaware and Newark visiting like U of D or something with their kids, you know, or what have you, or if you're a kid them th- yourselves, I say kid, meaning like young adult even. Yeah, because it's Stop $51 in. a plate. It is. It's very, very expensive, but it's very good. And it, it's weird. I've never had polenta, and I'm like, how did I not ever have polenta? It is so good. <laughs> And then they had those burnt-ass, I don't know, bananas? They were roasted bananas. Roasted bananas, but what are they roasted in? Do we know? No, they're just roasted in the, in the skin. That's it? That's and all they are? And they peel them and put them on. It's just a roasted banana. It, it's it, not like a, it's no, not like it marin- a syrup or anything? No, it marinates in its own sugars, and it's delicious. It is delicious. I was and like, then that fucking pineapple. Yeah, I didn't like the pineapple that much. You oh were like, god. oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever so, had in my mouth. So Danielle, <laughs> Danielle was after me when they came over, and what they do is they carry these big spits around, and they cut the meat off for you. And Danielle waited for my reaction every time that I tried something. <laughs> So she you're was like, like, you're going to want this. Can, can so I get you back over here, please? So, so if I'm like, oh my God, or shut up, she's like, I'll take that. <laughs> I was good with like, um, what's my call? What's the steaks? I yeah. was good at that. I didn't really like, I wasn't a fan of the chicken. The I chicken thought the chicken the was, very, was dry. very dry. Or maybe it was the pork, because I don't think I even had the chicken. The pork was a little dry, but... The steaks were like out of this world, and they had like um, like a um, vegetable a salad bar. But the salad bar had like soup and rice and beans mm, and, and fresh baked bread. All yeah, and bacon. I mean, it had all kinds of stuff. So it was like candied bacon, candied bacon. Yeah. So it was like, and then they put on your table the polenta, the bananas, and you, then these there little used like to be mashed potatoes. Oh, really? Usually, there's mashed potatoes. The last time me and Paco went, there was mashed potatoes. He was so jealous when I got Cozy. home. He was like, "Babe." He was like, did you try the C-shaped meat? It's so good. And I was the like. The C-shaped? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was the one that Sharon kept asking for. Oh, the house, the house sirloin. And, yeah, the Brazilian sirloin. It was the bottom roast. Okay, yeah, because she kept saying, well, she kept saying the house, the house yeah. one. So he was like, the C-shaped stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then Lori was like, 
Because Lori pays attention to everything. She's like, it was the bottom roast. And you were like, yes. Because that was the shit. <laughs> like, well, then they had those little dollar things. I don't, they weren't like cheesy bread things. Yeah, they're like, like the them. size of like a half dollar. No, they were really good. I, I did like not 7, like them. I, them. I, I, there was a texture thing to it. And I was like, yeah. ew. Well, it was like a cheesy bread in the shape of like a half dollar, it very was, thin. It was rubbery. But it was good. No, you didn't like that one? So we had that. Sharon's mom came. Uh, I mean, it was just like a real, it was nice. Girl, Sharon ate herself sick. I so ate Sharon, myself sick too. Sharon didn't get to stay, didn't stay at the pub. Right. For She was maybe there for a half hour. Mm-hmm. And she texted me and she was like, thank you. I'm so sorry. I don't feel good. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And she didn't feel good the next day either. But Sharon's yeah, mom either. came back and me and Sharon's mom got it in. Did me you? and Sharon's mom are fucking besties now. Oh, wow. Like, hey, Angela girl, what's up? Um, me and angela got drunk really yeah and sharon's hottie brother came and we got drunk with sharon's hottie brother oh snap yeah yeah i didn't go out drinking it either because i had already had like my belly was acting up and i was like oh this isn't gonna be good and then i felt so bad because i wanted bruce to pick me up remember bruce is at like lowe's and like seriously i'm like i need you to come pick me up and he was like i'm sorry so he's but then the man earlier in the day i went to the eye doctor and got eyeglasses and we were up in Pennsylvania by Booth Wynn Farmer's right. Market and I was like, well, let's stop in there and see if they have like apple cider or pumpkin spice donuts. I was like, let me get my basic bitch on. So like we had like a little lunch. He took me out to lunch. It was very nice. And then I forget the name of the place, but it was really good and they were fast as hell and you got a ton of food for like 10 bucks. I was like, holy shit. But anyway, there's like this little diner right up to sh- not far from it. And then we get over there, we walk all the way through and of course they didn't have anything. So then he was like, I'm going to go find her these donuts. So I know that after I eat this dinner, I'm going on a serious diet because not just because I want to lose weight, but because what my belly cannot though, take it no more. It was all protein. So in all in all, what we had for dinner was actually very good for us. Yeah, but it was just too much. I was already having issues. Like my GERD was flaring up already. And my hiatal hernia is like, it's so funny. Like the older you get, you get all these fucking things that you think only old people get. And then you're like, oh, I guess I'm the old person now because now I have a hiatal hernia. And so anyway, I'm having this flare up or whatever. So I go to dinner and I know it's going to fuck me all up. And sure enough, I get home. And this poor man has driven around to three different places to find my donuts that I cannot eat because Dude, I'm knee deep in a flare up. I don't know why he could have just gone to Dunkin'. I don't know. I guess I guess he just he was like I right now the Dunkin' the Dunkin' freaking apple spice donut is fucking phenomenal. I know. I'll tell if you. You can't get to Milburn's. He went to Milburn's and their machine was down. So he went one place, then he went to Mil- Mil- Milburn's, and it was down. And so then he drove all the way up to the Newcastle Farmer's Market, and they had them, but only in pre-boxed stuff. Ah. So he brought two dozen donuts home. I was like, you I mean, you have two teenage boys. Well, that's what ended up happening. Well, and it was, okay, so on Sunday, he was like, just go lay down. Like, just go lay down, because I was miserable. I did not feel well. I was waiting to throw up every three seconds. I was like, I can't deal. So then, all of a sudden, those goddamn donuts were calling my name, though. And I was upstairs in my room, and it was like, come eat me. Come have me. Come eat me. So I, like, we're down the steps, right? And he's fixing up the bedroom. So he doesn't see me. And I I come down there. I steal a donut so he doesn't see me. And I go back upstairs, and I eat it. But I only eat, like, the top part off because it's kind of like all It's got, like, the, the frosting sort of stuff on top of it, so I just eat the top part off. It's not frosting. It's, like, um, glaze. Yeah. There's, like, a glaze on top. So I just eat the glaze on the top of it, and then I'm thinking I'm smart. Like, oh, he didn't see me eat it because he'd probably be pretty, like, why did you eat it, you know? And then so then I come downstairs a little later, and he was like, what's all over your mouth? Uh-huh. <laughs> so my fat ass didn't wipe my mouth off, and I, I crawl 
gums all over my mouth. I go look. I mean, they look like a milk stash, except it was like a pumpkin spice donut stash all over. Glaze. Glaze crust. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my. He was like, are you kidding me right now? Are you fucking kidding me? And I, so I yelled to the boys. I'm like, boys, you got to get rid of these. Mommy can't have them in the house. Her fat ass has no freaking self-control whatsoever. So Christopher looks at us and he goes, bet. And he takes the damn things and they're gone. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have to see them anymore. So that was like my weekend. But thankfully, I'm going to have new glasses because my left eye got a little worse. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I can't see very well. And I still have to squint when I'm just TV. So, but can, speaking of all of that and eating donuts and baked goods, the first thing I have is absolutely annoying. And I'm going to just get right to it. Is that okay? Because we want to get you to the doctor anyway. We got to get your kidney stone looked at. Okay. So, <laughs> this is from October 1st on theguardian.com. From Sam Jones and Helen Sullivan. Subway bread is not bread in Irish court rules. A judge finds that sugar content of U.S. chain sandwiches exceeds stipulated limit and they should thus be classified as confectionery. What? Oh, no. I was like, are you kidding with me right now? I'll have... This went to the Irish Supreme Court. I'll have the onion teriyaki, please, on the cake roll. I know. It says, earlier this week, it brought clarity to an important, if less bitterly contested, debate. In a judgment published on Tuesday, the court ruled that the bread served at Subway, the U.S. chain that hawks giant sandwiches in 110 countries and territories, could not, in fact, be defined as bread because because of its high sugar content. The ruling followed an appeal by Bookfinders Limited, Subway's Irish franchise, franchisee. The company had argued that the bread used in Subway sandwiches counted as a staple food and was consequently exempt from VAT. Okay, VAT is a value-added tax act, which draws a distinction between staple foods of bread, tea, coffee, cocoa, milk, and preparations or extracts of meat or eggs and blah, blah, blah. So that is wild to me. So I'm like, who? a judge had to rule on what is what. Who thought of that, though? Who was like... I'm going to fucking take Subway to court. Well, apparently. Who did you wrong? Was it Jared? Because Jared did a lot of people wrong. I know. Right? Jared's still in jail. Well, apparently. So this is what's so. Well, I've heard that, though, that the reason we have so many issues with our bread is because they fuck with it so much here. But, like, if you eat bread over in Italy, like, people that have issues here with eating bread that aren't, like, real gluten problem, but there's something wrong when they eat bread. Like, I have that issue myself. I get real bloated when I eat bread, but I'm not. Celiac. Celiac disease, yes. But when you go over to, like, Italy and shit like that, people can eat bread over there because they don't fuck with it as much. I'm telling you right now, then send me to Italy because bread is my favorite fucking thing. I know. Well, it says a six-inch sub roll from Subway contains five grams of sugar. Who cares? The si- <laughs> Seriously. Fuck off. <laughs> the same as two plain digestive biscuits. Yeah, like, they have these memes where it shows, like... They compare foods to donuts. Let's see if I can find it. Donut memes. So they show this meme where they're like, oh, this is like having, oh, here it is. Is this it? No. So they have these memes where it's like, they tell you how many donuts, like a a can of soda is like four and a half donuts. And this is like so many donuts. And at the end of the meme, you're like, Donuts are way healthier than all this shit. <laughs> I really, you only want me to eat a donut. Right. Like, I know if I want a can of Coke now, it's the same as three and a half donuts. So just eat three donuts. <laughs> it's the same as having a Coke. And it's, like, less than having a Coke. Right. Or even just having one donut at this point. Right. And I love a fucking donut. I get an apple cider donut from Dunkin' every fucking morning. And if I can't, yeah. I don't have any apple cider donuts, I get the, ch- the pumpkin munchkins. 
Oh, God, that sounds so good. Because I can get four of that. And I, well, God bless my poor, my boyfriend, who's so sweet, and I just love you so much. You take such good care of me, but I was like, if you don't get these fucking donuts out of this house right the hell now. And he was like, why would I, I was like, I wanted one donut. You brought him two dozen. I can't eat them. I was up all night long with spasms in my chest and all kinds. I mean, it was awful. I was like in pain. And then my body was still going, but there's a donut down there. You would think my body would be like, no, don't eat the donut. No, my body's yeah. like, eat it. Saturday night, I went to Taco Bell, which is a total you move, and I never went to oh, Taco I know. Bell. Oh, yeah. So I went to Taco Bell, even though Paco was mad at me at the time. <laughs> but I knew he was okay when the next day he was like, do you want to go to BJ's? <laughs> BJ's is his happy place, and yeah. I think he feels like if I'm sad, I need to go to BJ's, because the last time he took me to BJ's uh-huh. was when Katie ran off and got married, and oh. I was really sad, and he mm-hmm. was like, baby, let's go to BJ's, and he bought me 72 toaster waffles. No, that's right, I remember that. You were like, I guess this makes it all better now, I have 72 toaster waffles. And then he's like, babe, do you want to go to BJ's? I'm like, sure, bulk cheese. No, I love going to BJ's. BJ's also makes me happy because I feel like I don't have to come back here for shit now for a while. Yeah, I got bulk cheese. I found a box with six bricks of cream cheese because you know I love me some fucking chicken dip. <laughs> and the rotisserie chickens, <laughs> the rotisserie chickens at BJ's. But they're humongous. And they're $4. Yeah, they're very, very cheap, yes. And the ones at, like, Food Line or something like that are, like, $9. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm coming here for a rotisserie chicken all the time. Yeah. So I got that. I got two big-ass bags of cheese. Like, <laughs> Paco loves some bulk shopping, man. Bulk shopping makes Paco so happy. It makes me happy, too. But, you know, I think going back to this, it's like, they call them digestive biscuits. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like something I want to eat. What but I guess because I'm not from there. I think that's what, I'm going to bust out my, uh, my food knowledge now. Well, they, they call it different shit in different countries, Here it's right? called slider food. Slider food? What's a slider food? A slider food is something like a donut or a potato chip. Basically, basically carbs. But your body, people love them and can eat them even after the surgery because your body easily digests them. Oh, when you okay, gotcha. So it slides right through. So in in America, we call them slider foods. Okay, well, it says pret stone baked lozenge soup baguette has only got 0.6 grams of sugar. I'm like, that's a whole lot of saying stuff. Why don't you just say it's a baguette? But then it says one digestive biscuit is 2.4 grams. So I'm like, a digestive biscuit doesn't sound like, oh, let me go to the kitchen and get me a digestive biscuit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they are, so I guess it doesn't sound all that great, but yeah, but then, oh wait, get this, McDonald's Big Mac bun has 5.8 grams, just a bun. I fucking love a Big Mac. I tried to eat a Big Mac the other day, I had like four bites of it, was full, and Paco was like, baby, was it everything you remember? And I was like, (laughs) it was so good, and then I was miserable. Um, Because it was too much in your belly. So, (laughs) speaking of slider foods, so I found this video of this lady... Lady! This lady here, and she... Oh, my God! She is literally deep-throating two and a half (gasps) feet of gummy worm. Oh, my God! How? Like, how? Ew! You gotta put that on her page. I will. But look at her face. She's like... (gasps) Oh, my God. Like, she's so proud of her. She's so, like... Like, she shocked herself. She had no clue she was able to do it. But she got all the way down to the flat part, like, that's the ballpark. And then her face is like... That's a gummy worm? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? Ew. So anyway, um, so that is really. I'll put disgusting. that on the page. You it gotta really put is. that on the page. Anyway, um, so we're like coming up on the next podcast. <laughs> Jamie tries to deep throat a fourteen foot long gummy worm. Okay, so so. <laughs> well, if uh, Paco keeps losing weight, that's about where you're gonna be. Right. 
AJ Plus um, posted this, and this is about a tortoise named Diego. Oh my gosh. And okay. it says, this is Diego, and it's this tortoise. Oh my gosh, and Diego it says looks old he's as shit. more than 100 years old. Okay, so he is old as and shit. And he's quite the ladies' man. Okay. Okay, and then it says Diego's created and credited with single handedly saving his species. And there's little Diego baby. Oh my god! How cute so are they? By having lots and lots of sex. It, I, some six years ago, when we did a genetic test, we found that. He had fathered almost 80% of the brood on the Galapagos Island. <gasps> Holy crap. Maintaining some 700, 800 of the 2,000 that were there were his. Diego has quite the opposite reputation of a previous famous tortoise, and his name was Lonesome George. Because <laughs> Lonesome didn't want anything to do with the ladies. He just couldn't be bothered. Okay. George was the last of his species, but had refused to mate. So now he, 11 out of the 115 species of tortoises have gone extinct because Lonesome George is greedy in the Galapagos Island. But Diego's species won't be one of them because he's fucking killing it out there. So Diego, the horny turtle, has 800 kids and because he's a horny turtle at 100 years old. (laughs) A horny turtle. He has completely (laughs) saved his species from the endangered, endangered species list. You know what? All it makes me think of, do you remember when somebody posted that video? Of and the turtle getting, having sex? And he was like, meh, meh. Yeah, yes. that's all I think about is like, for him doing that 800 times. <laughs> that's so disgusting. Diego is the man. He was like, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we got to get here. We got to do this thing. They should just change the fucking name of the turtle to Diego. <laughs> they should at this point. It should, because, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, well, when people, like, when people notice or, you know, discover things, they get it named after them, and he saved the whole species, I meaning he discovered it, but he saved it. Right. So. He was At like. At this point, Galapagos, he was, you know. He was like, you know what? Galapagos George. He was like, y'all, love those turtles, Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, <laughs> and fucking, uh, what's the other one? Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Leonardo. Leonardo. He was like, but none of them are fathering 800 fucking kids. Where's my mask? <laughs> Where is it? Where's you all my happiness? You don't need a mask. You need a condom. You need a condom. Diego. <laughs> Diego. Oh, that's what Galapagos Diego. Go, Diego, go. I know. That's what they should have. Oh, my God. I have something that's kind of ridiculous, but it's also nature-related, so that's how I'm going to spin this bad boy. So, <laughs> remember a while back, I'm sure people are going to remember when we talked about, like, the newest... Like, hippie fucking weirdo thing. They're just shining their ass in the sun. Yeah. It's like, yeah, getting, like, sun on their assholes. And then people were burning their assholes. Well, apparently, forest bathing may be the new best wellness practice you never Ugh, heard of. So gross. So, it's called, the, this is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. And these women have made an entire business out of this. What? So just people are paying people them? into the woods. Just taking them people into the woods. People are paying them to take a walk into the woods yep. and rub themselves with leaves? Yep. I'm fucking real. And this is by Rita Giordano. Why this are is we October first. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of thinking of it like this, and I kind of get it because it's like we are so inundated with information, and we're so like gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, and there's never a time when we can just like get back to basics. That I can see why there would be a need for some people. Like, don't get upset with me if I join. <laughs> <laughs> because, but it's kind I mean, of you can join if you want to join. Just don't ask Jamie to come along. These bitches were talking about camping. 
I know. They were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go camping, and we're going to sleep in tents. And I was like, camping for me is a hotel without room service. And my little sister and me were like, yup. <laughs> I know, but that would be so much fun. No, it wouldn't. All right. So, anyway, it says, if you accompany Tammy Astorino and Rachel Rubin into the forest, you're in for an invitation to explore. Gently, slowly, one sense at a time. Look around with fascination rather than focused attention, they will tell you. Listen for sounds nearby and far away. Rustling of leaves, bird song, insects. Breathe deeply and smell the scents of the woods. Open your mouth wide and taste the air. Feel the earth beneath your feet and the soil between your fingers. So they basically have you come in here and they got these women who... <laughs> it's funny. They're like women and they look like they're taking a dump because they're like leaning down and hugging trees. But the oh way God. they're sitting, it's like so interesting. And then you have this woman who's hugging a tree, like really hugging a tree. Like she looks sad and like, like that like, tree oh. is so happy. You know what though? It'd probably be, and then look at her. She's sitting there just staring off, you know, into bliss. There's like all these different pictures. Like I want to pick one. It's so bad. But at the same time, I'm thinking it probably would be very relaxing. I mean, for you, I feel like, like Lori, Lori's very into nature. Lori is a pagan and they basically worship nature. Right. And she wants to be put in one of those pods where they, like, wrap you and then they put, a, they put a sapling on the top of you and then they bury you deep and then the tree grows. Right. And that's what Lori wants to do. Right. And that is perfect for Lori. Like, by all means, do that. I know. I think I like that, too. But if I'm going out as anything, cremate me, make me into a pretty ornament, and hang me from Lori's tree. Like, don't put me <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> Don't do anything like that. And <laughs> make me into an ornament and then I'll hang on Lori's tree. Yeah, like tree. one of those car those carbon ornaments. Yeah. Yeah. I also have something about that, too. Well, so hold on. So it says, on this. it says, forest bathing originated in Japan where it's called Shinrin-yoku. is a practice whose proponents believe spending time immersed in nature is beneficial to our mental, spiritual, and even physical health. You know what else is in fucking Japan? Hmm. A big-ass forest that everybody goes and kills themselves in. Hmm. Forest bathing has... Japanese are weird, man. <laughs> forest bathing has not only been embraced by the women they serve, it may well have saved their business, which was all built, sh- all but shut down by COVID-19. We're helping the forest take care of others, and in doing so, it's taking care of our business, too. So, in recent years, forest bathing has been gaining a following in the United States as a way to reduce stress and anxiety and increase energy by moving mindfully through nature. Researchers in Japan, where they practiced, where the practice originated in the 1980s, Say they have found evidence of physical benefits ranging from lower blood pressure to boosting the immune system. The California-based Association of Nature and Forest Therapy, founded in 2012, has trained over 1,100 guides in their forest bathing-based therapy. Locally, forest bathing and forest therapy outings have been held in the settings that include New Jersey Pinelands, the Schuylkill Center for Environmental Education, and Wissahickon Valley Park, to name a few. So it's kind of neat. So it's not, though. It's gross. I mean, I, I'm all for people who enjoy nature. Like, go out there, get your swim on, roll around in the, in the grass where I'm sure millions of things have pooed. But no, but least. if you think about it, if somebody's guiding you through and you're, like, inundated. I mean, imagine being, like, you know, a broker on Wall Street or something where your life never ends. And you go out to one of these things and you're or like, oh, fuck for, this bullshit. I don't working for here. Kathy. Yeah, or working for our boss. <laughs> that too. And then... <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be like really you guys talk about me like that on the podcast she doesn't listen to this shit she will she eventually was, she was listening I was listening to it a couple Wednesdays ago she was like oh my god that's so funny and we were telling a story and she was like oh my god do you know that person and I'm like no Kathy it's a story I found online 
Oh my, you know what's going to happen? Ron will listen to it, her boyfriend, and then tattle on us. They'll tattle on us. They'll be like, they're talking about you on the they're podcast. They're talking about you on the podcast. <laughs> and then she's going to want to listen. She'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that about us. But, they're um, all fired. They're all fired until I need luxuries. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, if you're like that, you know, where you're all stressed out and you go out with guides, and guides kind of, like, steer you into guiding, you know, guiding you into calming down and listening for certain things, and you're unplugged from the world for a little while... I could see the draw to it. I think I would. I would probably like it. You, on the other hand, would not. You'd probably hear like, ah, like something like that or whatever, and you'd be like, "I'm out of here." Right. I probably would. And you'd probably be like in a net because you don't want to have a tick on you. First of all, I'm very allergic to mosquitoes, and it's bad. Second of all, I don't want. I would get the Lyme disease. Like I would get the fucking West Nile virus from a mosquito at the same time I was getting bit by the deer tick and getting Lyme disease. Like, that is my fucking lucky nature. It is not. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, I'm going to get her out one day on one way or another. Speaking of nature, I got one. Nature and death. Like I said before, Lori wants to be a tree. (laughs) Okay. So, this Dutch inventor, he invented a mushroom coffin that turns body into compost. In the Netherlands, you can keep... You can keep helping the planet after you die by opting for a living coffin made of mushrooms, which speeds up the decomposition of your body. The coffin turns corpses into compost that enriches the soil thanks to a mycelium, the root structure of the fungi. Oh, Lord. So, wait, it turned you into what? Compost. Like, fertilizer. Wait, but how, wait, did you already say how it was? It, it, It speeds... Okay, so the, the coffin itself is made out of... The whole coffin's made out of yes, mushrooms. it's made out of, like, mushrooms. Oh, I thought, like, see? you get in a coffin and they, they put the mushrooms on there. No, see? Hold on a second. It, it's molded, like, Ew. spores. Okay. And, and they mold it. Is and there mushrooms then, inside of it, too? It looks like there's, like, some moss inside of it. Oh, that is so Lori. Yes. Did you show so, this to her? No. Okay. So the coffin turns corpses into compost that enriches the soil and all that good shit. The living cocoon. <laughs> all that good shit. <laughs> the, living, the living cocoon is the world's first, according to Bob Hendricks, who invented the idea in his in his student laboratory at Delft Technical University. This is the world's first living coffin. Coffin and actually and actually last Saturday, the first human being in the Netherlands was com- composed and returned to the cycle of life. The coffin was at the final resting resting place for an 82 year old woman whose body will decompose within two to three years. If a traditional coffin with varnished wood and metal handles is used, the process normally takes more than 10 years. The casket itself will meanwhile disappear within 30 to 45 days. It's it's actually an organism, so it's made from mycelium, which is the root structure of mushrooms. They're the biggest recyclers in nature. This is the most natural way to do it. We no longer pollute the environment with toxins in our body and the stuff goes to the stuff that goes into the coffins, but actually try to enrich and really be compost for nature. It's a big mm. hit. The coffin is the same size and shape as a classic coffin, but its pale color is typical of the the material the that they use. Okay. Inside the bed inside is a bed of moss where the body and various insects Oh my god, they put bugs in with you. No. And other soil creatures will lie. Overall, the coffin is much lighter than a wooden casket. It is also very cheap. Current cost is around 1,500 euros. Do you know how much a coffin is? A coffin's like eight grand. Yeah, they're really expensive. Making the coffin requires a bit of foraging, first for moss, but the more from the forest, and then collecting the, the mushrooms, and then mixing it with the wood chips. Slowly in seven days, it's actually it's actually pretty fast. It will grow in a solid into a solid material. Oh, it grows into that solid material that is actually an organism. 
Afterwards, it's it's naturally dried by literally removing the mold and just letting it be. So then the organ the organisms become inactive. When it's in the ground, it starts to get activated again. When a lot of moisture hits the organisms, then it starts the, decom- the decomposition process. Uh-huh. Hendrick's inspiration didn't stem from a ghoulish fascination with bodies or human compost, but from serendipity. Fascinated by the applications of mushrooms, he first tried to make a living house for his, for his thesis. But when something when someone asked what would happen with the body of his grandmother if he left her inside the house, Hendrix had a brainwave. That is how he came up with this call fam. So, I mean, that's kind of actually, it's actually fascinating. It is fascinating, and I think it's a great idea because, you know, we are, the coffins and stuff like that, they don't break down. And, you know, it's basically, we have all these cemeteries that are just basically unused space. Like, they're just dead bodies. Like, if you believe that your body goes some, your soul goes somewhere and that's just a resting place for your body. Like, this is, like, you could plant whole forests and shit with this. Right, I know. And you could just bury grandma in your backyard and the next day, the next fucking year, have like killer ass fucking tomatoes. Ew, no! Look, you lost me on that one. No, nothing, I don't want to have grandma tomatoes literally. Good, nothing says good tomatoes like grandma's decomposing body. <laughs> Ew! Whatever. <laughs> You're like, whatever, be that way. No, I think it's really fascinating. Says the girl of- that wants to go out and roll around in poo covered leaves. I do not want to roll around a food call really. I'm thinking, though, it's kind of creeps me out that it's like the coffin will be gone in, like, a year. Yeah. And then there's just a body laying there. But the bones the will never a, decompress. The coffin is gone in... Coffin's gone in... And, and, like, it said three to six months. Yeah, so the coffin's gone, but then the body's still laying there. Oh, yeah, three to six months. But you're buried, so it's not like they see it. And by the mm. time the coffin decomposes, there's grass growing over that spot where you're buried and everything else. So, yeah. like, nobody mm. knows. But that's the thing, though, because nobody knows where Grandma is now. Like, do they at least put a marker? I guess they would have to, because it's like, it would they would need time to be able to use that space again, because they could eventually use it again, but then there's still bones. The bones don't decompress, whatever. Yes, they do. Bones, bones turn to dust. Yeah. Eventually. Bones are just calcium. They, they break down. Yeah, but we find bones all the time still. Like, still to this day, we'll find but further, like, oh, thousands of years. I mean, most of your bones will decompose. Like, because I think most of the time it's like, like when you get cremated, they have to, like, smush your bones. They have to, like, you know, smash them down. Do they have to grind your bones? They have to grind your bones, yes, into a powder because your bones are, I mean, they're brittle because they've been burned and everything inside of them, like, all your marrow's gone. But Oh, God. Could you imagine having to be that fucking guy? Hey, Bob, we just cremated you, Mrs. Johnson. If you could please pull her bones out and just get in the big mortal and pestle and just... No, it's... I think it's... Just go to town. Make it good and fine for their people so they can empty your ashes. I think the machine does it. In the forest. No, I think the machine does it for them. Like, the cremation machine? Yeah. Like, it goes and lights you on fire at, like, 5,000 degrees. And then it has, like, these big things that go... (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And they do. They come down and they, like, you know... Oh, that's funny. No, it's yeah. not funny. It's terrible, but it's kind of weird. It, it grosses me out, but I have a feeling that when I die, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care about any of this crap. I'm going to be like, you know, grateful to have lived, and then that's it. Just hang me from Lori Street. Yeah, it's one of those things. Well, speaking of death, I have a gruesome one, and I'm not really a gruesome person, but this is like an interesting story, and I'm hoping that people will talk about it again. Uh-huh. Because it's not so. All right, so this was from September, September 28th. 
It was from Fox 29, and it was New Hampshire State Police have announced arrest in the gruesome case of a man who they say ordered his wife to behead her lover after he shot the man in the head, killing him. So Jonathan Amaral, 25, the New Hampshire, was killed September 20th. His body was found two days later in a remote campsite in Coos County, New Hampshire, police said. On Friday, Armando Barron, 30, of Jaffrey, New Hampshire, was charged with killing Amaral, and his wife, Brittany Barron, 31, was charged with decapitating the victim oh and concealing the body, according to reports that cited a court affidavit in the case. Barron and his wife pleaded not guilty Friday at a court arraignment in Cheshire County, it was reported. They were jailed without bail. How does he even begin to, like, you know, I, I don't know, like, these people are not guilty. Anyway, the affidavit says Brittany told investigators her husband forced her to cut Amaral's wrists when he was alive and then to behead him after the murder, the Keen Sentinel reported. The paper also yeah, the paper also reported that Brittany's lawyer Richard Guerrero or Guerrero said at the arraignment that she only participated in the crime because she feared for her life. This really started with her being beaten severely, and she is tore up in this picture, like right. completely fucked up looking. Oh shit! He, I mean, look at her eye. Her eye is red, and like, I mean, it's just oh he my fucked god. Her up. Oh, he tore her ass a new one. Um, <clears throat> It said, if you look at her face right now, she still has the bruising on her face and around her eyes, and it's described in the affidavit. Armando beat her severely and threatened her. He put a gun in her mouth, an obvious threat to kill her. Police said Amaral was murdered after Armando Barron lured him to a state park using his wife's phone. The affidavit says Brittany told investigators her husband found out she was having an affair with Amaral, a co-worker, after going through her phone the day before. She said, her, she said after confronting her about the affair, her husband beat her. Her mugshot shows her with swollen black eyes. So, I'm like, okay, well, what in the hell? So, apparently, she ends up getting away, and she's, like, in this camp place or whatever. And she ends up finding officers, and she tells the officers, I'm in big trouble. The affidavit says the officers found Emerald's torso and head wrapped in tarps. Prosecutors said Brittany was being charged despite her cooperation because she had many opportunities to report the crime before being, being found at the campsite. She was co- cooperative after she got caught. So, because I was wondering, I'm like, how can they... You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping that they're going to stay yeah, on top of this Yeah, but at one. the same time, though, she was fearing for her life. So, So she, why wasn't her first instance away from him running to tell somebody what happened? Because what if he got to there before she could get to help? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. I'm, like, wondering like, we if we don't know what her psyche is. Like, I've never been in a relationship where I've been beat the shit out of, like. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I wonder if they'll stay with this. And give us an idea of what really happened, what the timeline was, so she can explain why she didn't go right for help, or maybe she was too traumatized or something. I mean, I would be fucked up if I had to cut off my lover's head. Could you imagine she had to slice his wrists? She made him slice her wrist and his wrist first, and then shot him in the head in front of her, and then made her decapitate him. Uh. I mean, can you imagine how traumatized she must be? Like, I feel, like, really bad for her, but at the same time, like, it's one of those weird things, like, if they don't keep up on top of it, like... Was she really traumatized? Was she not? Like, I mean, she looks all fucked up, but... I mean, I the way she looks at that picture, my first instinct would be, yes, she was probably scared fucking shitless. Yeah, she looks really, really bad. So, I don't know, guys. This is, like, wild. Speaking of gross things, first mm-hmm. of all, this is from Unlaid. A man finds an apparent brain washed up on shore. Oh, my God! But... What? What's grosser than the brain wrapped in tinfoil is the fact that this guy's wearing a Patriots hat. Like, come on. (laughs) A man walking along a Wisconsin beach. Wisconsin? Why are you wearing a freaking Patriots hat in Green Bay country? Anyway, a man walking along a Wisconsin beach found something strange wrapped wrapped up in foil. An apparent brain. 
Jimmy Senda oh, had been strolling along the shore at Samuel Mile Park in Racine on Tuesday morning. Um, this is from September 15th. It's part of the construction worker's daily schedule, morning walk to start the day right. As he said, you never know what you'll find washed up on the beach. However, one probably doesn't expect to come across an actual organ. Mm. Senda explains to Fox 6 News that he likes to collect sea glass and random stuff because I like to do artwork at home with, some, with the stuff that I find. That's sweet. That said, I am not sure what you could create with a decomposing brain. Ew. I don't really know how to explain it. It didn't register as a human brain. I was just like, what's this? I came across <laughs> this square package. Surprise! Yay! I came it's across a this square package wrapped in aluminum foil and around it had a pink rubber band. Curiosity got the best of me. So I popped it open and looked, and it looked like a chicken breast. No, stop it. It took a little bit for it to really register what was going on and that it was a brain. I've come across some pretty weird stuff on the beach before. Dead fish, horrible rotting birds, bizarre looking jellyfish. However, a brain is a new level of bonkers. Naturally, Senda was (laughs) befuddled by his discovery once it had registered that he may have found a brain. Flower... Flowers and paper with Mandarin letters on it were also found inside the full package alongside the organ. Wow. Finally, there were some... disgusting. Finally, there were some city workers nearby that Senda could ask for a second opinion. They took one look at him for it and it was like, yep, that's a brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Even though the photos are blurred, it does certainly look rather like a brain. But what mysterious circumstances could have led to its placement on the beach, especially in such an unsettling fashion? Well, Senda eventually... <clears throat> phoned the police again, the officers took a look at it before telling him, yeah, it looks like a brain. Ordinarily, <laughs> Senda takes his morning walks on the beaches further north. Whether it's fate or luck, he hadn't been... Fate or luck? He hadn't been to Samuel Myers Park in quite some time, but he's glad he did. He added, there's a lot... There's lots of kind families that are down here, and what happens if a kid would have found it? Local police told the outlet that the brain isn't, isn't believed to be human. However, officials confirm it's still pending from the Racine Medical Examiner's office. So yeah, this guy, like, totally oh. found a brain on the beach. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, how do you just... And then be like, oh, oh. And then asking all these people, yep, it's a brain. It's a brain. Sir, that, that, it look like sir, a chicken breast. What you got there is a brain. <laughs> I think that's great. There in Wisconsin, too. It was like one cheese. Um, we don't feel like <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a whole lot going on right now. Did I talk about the Jelly Belly guy that was giving away the candy factory? Yes. I did? No. No. I like, did not I tell you, but I never talked you about it. You told me about it, but let's let's talk about the Jelly Belly Willy Wonka story. Yes. It's, so it's, it's kind of cool. So ABC30.com, I'd actually saved this a while ago, and sometimes we save a bunch of shit, and then we never get to it. So guess what? It's time. So it says, <laughs> Jamie gets on the floor like she's getting ready to give birth. Oh, it's fine. I guess it's kind of like that, though, huh? It's fine. Except you're giving birth at your, your pee hole. Yes. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just keep going. All right. Me <laughs> I really should take a picture of you. <laughs> I should take a picture of you on the floor for everybody. Uh, here, let me take a picture of her on the floor. <laughs> I'm going to have to delete this all. My belly hanging out? Oh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> all right, anyway, so I'll have to post that later. I should laugh um, at my pain. No, I'm not laughing at it, but I'm thinking I remember, like, pregnant women do that. So, like, get the gravity to help the baby come out. You have no and idea. It's kind it of the feels same thing. Like, a kidney fa- stone feels like back labor. Yeah. Like, you know, 
for all use that have had babies, when you begin labor, it's very intense and it usually starts in your back. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, it's the pain that goes across your back. It shoots down your legs. It wraps around to the front. It feels exactly like a fucking Ooh. contraction. And it's terrible. And this is my ninth one. So I'm fucking a trooper as a... I'm a trooper as fuck. I should have been in the hospital last night with, like, some Flomax and some fucking Aww. Percocet. But I'm like, no, I got so desperate last night. I took a 12-year-old Darvacet that I found in Paco's Medicine Oh, cabinet. my God. Really? Lori was like... Did it even work? Lori was like, I hope that you don't die. <laughs> I hope you don't die. That you're not poisoning yourself right now because that is 12 years old. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm so desperate right now. I don't care. And it took, like, two and a half hours to kick in because it was so old. Oh, my God. Like, the first couple of layers on that damn pill was like, meh. So, but, <laughs> but it did the trick, man. Like, I slept for a good hour and a half before I got up in pain in the middle of the night. Puked oh, my God. Paco, thank God Paco didn't come to bed till like, 3 in the morning because the couch got him. So, he did not get to see. The couch got him. He didn't get to see his beautiful girlfriend crawling into the bathroom, hurling into the toilet at, you know, 1.45 in the morning. Oh, my God. I have a, my friend Megan who actually lives up in New York, and um, she gets them all the time. And I'm like, how do they not know what the fuck you have? Like, how do you keep getting all these all yep, the time? and I, they don't know mine either, and it's just genetics. Like, people get kidney stones. My grandmother got them. I know, but usually they tell you, like, what they're made of, and then they I'm, can give you a certain medicine or tell you to stay away from certain I've foods. I've never made it to drop the fucking thing off at the goddamn thing, like, I'm supposed to, like, after I pass it. Because you never pass it in the hospital. They send you home with this strainer that you have to pee on. Yeah. Pee in. And then whenever I go to pull it out of the strainer, it always ends up busted up into a thousand pieces. Because you would think, the way it's moving through you, that it's hard as it's a rock. It's a boulder, but, yeah. But it's very fragile. Really? Like, it, it crumbles easily. Really? You think it would crumble easily, like, when it gets in your urethra? It doesn't. It's a dick. (laughs) It's like pissing a monkey ball. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm surprised. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm like, Jesus. Let's get back to the jelly bellies. Well, just real quick, though. I remember my ex-husband had one when he was 17, and it was awful looking at him. He turned pale as a ghost, and they said it was from soda, and he stopped drinking soda and never got another one. And I know you like your Pepsi. So maybe it's time for you to tell Pepsi to fuck off. I don't like Pepsi like that, though. I don't know. They were like, nope, don't do it anymore. No, no, like, dark you can, colored you drinks. You can get it from milk. Oh, yeah, like, too much milk. Well, it depends. His was from something else. His was from the dark sodas or something like that. You can like get that. them from yeah, too much ones, fiber. Yeah. Welcome to fiber. my world. And I have to have a lot of fiber because I can't poop if I don't. Oh, dear God. And so I might have to just live with kidney stones for the rest of my life. Which is funny. You look like you're humping the air. Because <laughs> she's trying to move because her back hurts so bad. She looks, she looks like she's like... <laughs> it's not funny. I feel so bad, but it is because you look like you're just humping the air. Humping the air. It's humping the air. <laughs> I, I'm, I keep looking over. I'm like, how much time is left? I know. Okay. Well, let's see. We're at 44. Okay. We're getting close. Okay. All so right, you so can do this, and then I'll do the World News Daily Report. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, look. More of that yummy trail mix. Fun at Danielle's house. There's always food, man. Yeah, that's all stuff I put in Bruce's lunch. This is the best stuff ever. I was at Oldies, and I meant to grab this, and I didn't. All right, man who found a Jelly Belly meme to give away Candy Factory as part of Gold Ticket Treasure Hunt. So, again, this is from ABC30.com. Fairfield, California. Remember hidden cash? Well, now a different kind of treasure hunt could be the next big craze. This time, the founder of the founder of the name Jelly Belly is launching a series of Golden Ticket Treasure Hunts across the country before his retirement. Think Willy Wonka with a twist. Oh, David Klein announced the contest in a video message online saying the big winner will walk away with the key to their very own candy factory in development not affiliated with Fairfield, California-based Jelly Belly. 
So it's not Okay, bad. so it's not like they're giving away a Jelly Belly factory. They're giving no. away a candy factory where you can make your own candy. I guess so. Thousands of dollars in prizes are also up for grabs. Klein says golden tickets are being hidden in secret locations throughout the U.S. You'll be looking for a gold ticket in the form of a necklace with a tag that includes a code you need to use to verify your fine. Winners will receive $5,000. What? Where is this at? I don't know. I don't know. All over the country. But only one person will win the grand prize. We are going to have the ultimate treasure hunt where the winner will receive a key to one of our, fav- one of our candy factories. Gosh, I'm sorry. I can't read today. Klein tells ABC7 News he is giving away one of his candy man kitchens in Florida. The oh, world God. needs us right now. We have received thousands of comments from people who say this has come at such a perfect time. The contest is not free... Those who wish to participate will need to pay about $50 to receive their state's riddle. There's also what? a gold ticket Facebook group. What? I'm going to receive my riddle. Where do I go to receive my riddle? Um, I guess you got to go to their, I don't know. It says their state, each treasure hunt has a strict limit of 1,000 participants. So state's riddle, let's see. Oh, here it is. It's called the gold, the gold ticket.com, the hunt. And I guess you can sign up to join, but you got to like, you know, it won't let you move forward unless, you know, you do it. That's fine. I'm going to get $50 so from Pop Gold. That, oh, my God. Thegoldticket.com. So, I don't know. I'm like, would you really want to have a candy factory, though? I that's a lot of, that's a lot of, like, you know. I would probably want to see it. And, you know, coming from an appraising standpoint, I'd probably want to see it because I know I wouldn't keep it. Therefore, I would want to see what the highest and best use is of the land that it's on. Like, do I sell it as a factory still, make my money off of that, or do I bulldoze it, put up a couple houses, make a couple million? I don't know. I'm a fat girl. I could probably come up with a really good candy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking. It's kind of interesting. And look, I still have this crockpot chicken and dumplings thing in here. I haven't removed it yet. I still need to do that. But, oh, can I just mention real quick, people are so fucking petty because, of course, Trump now has COVID. Right. His wife has COVID. Right. COVID's rampaging, like, rampaging through the White House. Yep. And it's like every single thing that man does, like, I can't wait for somebody else to be in there because the same people that are driving him crazy, like, now it's going to flip on the other side. And I'm like, y'all are just so petty. Like, every time he makes a move, oh, so I wish he could have the same, well, what does it say? I wish we could all have the same level of care that he's getting. I'm like, he got, as he got dexamethasone, which is a fucking, um, What's I'm gonna call it? A steroid. And then that other thing, that remdesivir or whatever, which anybody has access to. It's not special. I mean, I get it why some people wouldn't be ignorant, but it's like, I think they're just I don't being like petty how for people, the sake of petty. I don't like how people are like, you know, I hope he dies, anything like that, because I don't wish that on anybody. But he's not exactly but getting all man, kinds of crazy care that nobody else This is a man who refused to wear a mask, who refused to take the precautions, and you can't deny that he did not do it. He did not take the precautions. Well, he said he did when he needed to. No, he didn't. He downplayed the virus, and he there's even quotes of him saying, "I downplayed this virus." So, oh no, I heard him say that. I'm downplaying this virus. To me, it's a little bit of karma. Like, I don't hope anybody. I mean, he's doing dies from this awful thing, but I do. I know he's he's already back home, but I do hope to be doing fine. I do hope that it changes his fucking. To do what exactly? Like, what are we supposed to do about it? It's got a ninety-six percent. You're going to be just fine, right? You know what I mean? Like, and we're, I don't know. I just, well, there's I don't a lot know of people him. that are dead. There is, which is, uh, it's unfortunate. It is. And it is really, really sad. Like, I can't even imagine having to lose one of my loved ones and not being able to say goodbye to them and being with them in person. Right. Or whatever. But I also know that at the very beginning of this thing, he wanted to shut down, like, any kind of people coming in here. 
And they all said that he was wrong for doing that. That it was like, you know, racist or something against those people and you shouldn't do that and blah, blah, blah. So they kept it all open and what do you know, it came here. So I'm like, you know, I think there's both sides of the aisle. They just really suck balls. You know what I mean? And it's it's just petty. Like, people are so fucking petty. But it's like, yeah, you but will that's, pick on everything he does. It's not, even like his pol- it's not even his policy, though. It's like because he was like at a table and he was wearing a jacket and then he was wearing a shirt and they're like, it's an opportunity and like they had to point it out. Like it's so petty. And then he went to the hospital where he was diagnosed with COVID and got to a car with three secret service men. Oh yeah. That they can't get away from it. The car is hermetically sealed. Sealed, right. So those people probably have COVID now too. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But but I'm talking about, like, just the petty stuff that they post about. Like, haha, we got him. Look at him. He's sitting at a table yeah. writing something with a shirt on. But, I mean, oh, and this the, one, it's a, the way it's I this say one. it is petty. Petty is petty. And they're, it's coming from both sides. Like, it I'm is so coming from both sides. This political bullshit. I am so over it. Like, I need, remember when Joe the Plumber, two elections ago, there was this guy named Joe the Plumber? Mm. I really wanted to vote for Joe the Plumber. I think my whole point is, it's like, they're being so petty over every little tiny thing that if Biden does win... Yeah, it's like, you, I'm going to keep that same energy, honey. Let's keep the same pettiness. But you know you're, I mean? you're just saying they as just the Dems when the, the when the Republicans are just as petty. Oh, no, no, they are. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be the same exact thing. Like, if Biden sneezes wrong, they'll be like, oh, but when Trump was in office, that, and I mean, it's just coming. You well, know it's coming. I mean. It's absolutely going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of things that they are doing different than they did when, say, Obama was president. Like, when Obama, Obama wasn't allowed to appoint a Supreme Court justice in an election year. Oh, and they're trying to because deal with Trump. Because they flipped yeah. it out. He mm. already did it. He already replaced her. And they... No, I thought he didn't. He just... They no. Have to, they have to be confirmed. They have to be confirmed. But he's already nominated somebody. He's been nominated somebody, They wouldn't yeah. even let Obama nominate somebody before the election. And then that guy... And then it was okay for him to do it. Right. So it's all stupid. No, anyway. I know. I agree with you. That's why I always say it's like two birds, same, or two wings, same bird. Yep. I, I totally agree with, but I just watched the pettiness of it all, though. Uh, actually, on both sides, but right now, I'm, I'm specifically seeing it because it's like, this man, literally, no matter what he does, they are going to find something wrong with him. I can't imagine being under that level of scrutiny all the time. It's like, could you imagine being in the Kardashians? Like, uh, the Kardashians, same fucking thing. They're under this level what? of scrutiny. They're no longer going to be on the TV, and I feel like that puts 2020 on the upswing. <laughs> On the upswing. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's your weekly world news daily report where the facts don't matter. Oh, my goodness. New York City female bus driver crashes into a tree while attempting to give herself cunnilingus. Oh, that's right. You told me about this last week. <laughs> a New York bus driver is facing criminal negligence charges after crashing into a tree while allegedly attempting to give herself a cunnilingus. It says a cunnilingus. A cunnilingus. According to several eyewitness a reports. Betty... <laughs> She tried to give herself a Are you ready for the name? Betty Goldstar, 56. (laughs) Shut up! Has been suspended without pay after causing an accident (laughs) involving 26 people (sighs) on Metropolitan Transportation. (laughs) Goldstar. Goldstar, who has been working at the MTA for 12 years, was highly intoxicated and under the influence of crystal meth, bath salts, and crack cocaine. Oh, they went too far. no, No glass cleaner, though, but alcohol. They went too far. I thought it was weird that the driver wasn't wearing any pants on. (laughs) 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 But in New York, you you just get used to seeing a lot of crazy shit every day, one eyewitness told reporters. (laughs) 
I had to cover my five-year-old girl's eyes when we entered the bus because she was jumping up and down on this gear shift. Uh, oh my god, stop and it! And screaming something about how Joe Biden made her horny! Oh my god! One concerned mother told reporters. <laughs> the accident occurred by the bus driver had no visibility. No visibility as she had her legs spread out and was attempting to insert her tongue inside her genitals. One passenger. Oh my there. god! I was recording the whole thing just a feet just a feet away from few feet away from her, and she asked me to rub her clitoris with my umbrella. <laughs> One passenger told reporters Betty Goldstar, fifty six, faces criminal negligence charges after driving while highly intoxicated in an accident involving twenty six people, said New York PD. During the public statement, although no passengers were harmed, three passengers had adamantly tested positive for gonorrhea in relation to the incident, <laughs> according to health officials. I think tested positive for gonorrhea. He said he asked, she asked me to rub my her glitteris with my umbrella. <laughs> she is that you on drugs? <laughs> you know how they do like the pan and they're like, and the egg, this is your brain on drugs. Remember when we were younger and they crack an egg on it? This is you on drugs, because as horny as you are, you better not do like, meth and crack it's, it and was, everything else. It was a lot of stuff. It was crystal meth, bath salts, crack cocaine, and alcohol. Jeez Louise! There was no, um, there was no glass glitter, which is the new thing with them. Like, glass glitter? Like, they, people have been ingesting, they're always like, who, they, it's under suspicion they have digested glass glitter. Like, that's the new World News Daily Report drug of choice. Oh, is and, it? And they, they totally bypassed the glass cleaner. And they didn't tell us that they were going to get 750,000 years, years of jail. In jail, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> if any of you have, you know, had an experience where you get on the bus and you had to rub your bus driver's clitoris with your umbrella, <laughs> give us a right write-in in. at, <laughs> at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Is that all of them? Yeah, we have to do better. I have to do so much better with that. Maybe I know. We suck What about MySpace? Is MySpace still a thing? I think MySpace, no. you can still get a MySpace account. I'm going to make a MySpace account just for straight from the net. Oh, my God. I'm not, though. I'm not. I was going to say, not I really. Can't even. Can we just give a shout-out, though, to our listeners at the Hudson Valley from the WMLD? Thank you guys so much. You guys really rock. You listen to us all the time. You're our faithful listeners. We love you so much. And I realized, like, we don't really do a lot of shout-outs to our faithful listeners. I fucking love it, but I'm like, Laura, what do you... Louie, what's going on? And he was like, what are you talking about? There's 230 freaking people listening live right now, Jamie, and nobody's complained about anything but you. I know. Poor Louie. We love you, Louie. But thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, listening to us. And that brings me to this. If you want to hear us again, you can check us out on the WMLD, the Voice of Hudson Valley Radio, every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. And if you missed it, that's cool. You're going to hear us again on Saturdays at 7 o'clock when I do the replay. And if you missed that one, too, because let's just face it, we're all kind of busy. You can catch us on Sundays with brand new episodes on our platform, which is SoundCloud, our mother platform. And that shoots off to Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iPodcast, iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play Music. So how about we all make some good choices, okay? Bye! Bye.